Hello, and welcome back to the Product Launch Podcast. I'd like to welcome my guest today, Neil Gordon. Neil helps experts become the face of a movement. He works with executives, influencers, and thought leaders, and has helped them get six-figure book advances, be seen on shows like Ellen and Dr. Oz, and double their speaking fees. Hello, Neil. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Sean. Yeah, and I'm excited to learn more about that's an impressive uh, line of work that you're in. I'm looking forward to learn more about that and the topic we want to talk about. But before we get into that, if you could, for our listeners, please give them a little bit of background about yourself and how you got into the line of work that you're doing today. Sure, absolutely. While my work now is as a communications consultant in a fairly broad sense, my background is actually in book publishing. And before even ghostwriting books and doing things like that, I was actually working as a low-level editor at Penguin book publishing company based out of New York. And when people hear that someone is a book editor, that they do kind of language-based things, they usually picture this bookwormy, introverted, always had his face in a book type of person who went to some fancy college as an English literature major and and a story kind of thing. And then they get a job right out of college. But that wasn't even remotely the case for me. What I actually, what was actually true was that I hated reading from about the time of second grade until I was about a sophomore or junior in college. And I think I read only one book for leisure between the ages of eight and 20. And my reading comprehension suffered as a result. I was in the 99th percentile for reading comprehension when I was in first grade when they tested us across the country. And by 10th grade, my sophomore year of high school, I got a 330 verbal score on my SATs, which put me in the fifth percentile. So my brain had basically turned to mush. Now, I did get it up higher by my senior year of high school and, and all of that. And I got into an okay college and I graduated with honors and the whole thing. But that whole while, I was never reading anything. And it wasn't until I left school and I moved to New York City as a 22 year old and found myself needing an escape from the subways that I really discovered reading in earnest. And there was one particular novel I read called A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. And it just blew my mind. I just went through this real angsty, existentialist crisis type, 20 something, what does it all mean type of thing as a result of how much the main character's story just kind of like, like, like took the wind out of my sails basically. And so rather than succumb to vice and numbing myself to the pain of my suddenly meaningless existence, I discovered that reading was just this treasure trove of insight. And I just read everything I could find by John Irving and other authors to figure out how the written word could have such a profound effect on me. And within a few years, I developed enough marketable skills to get an editorial assistant job at Penguin. I mean, I'm skipping over a lot of details there, but basically, I fell in love with reading after school and then got a pretty sought after job as a result of that introspection and discovery. That's absolutely a fascinating background. Thank you for sharing. Um, and you. I'm excited to talk more about the topic that we have in mind for today, because I know you have a lot of experience here and among them were, right. Uh, we talk a lot, obviously about products and things like, that you can do work on make your products better and grow them and market them but in particular today we want to talk about kind of vetting those product ideas uh, focusing on the the most significant problems worth solving and then 
what you can do to market in order to kind of gain traction for whatever it is you might be working on. And uh, there's one, you know, we've talked about this at length before, but the perfect place to start is what we refer to as your trudge to the bathroom test. And I'm, I'm excited for you to tell the story for everybody to hear it. But I think it's a great way, a great framework to think about some of these problems. So if you will, please do us the honors. Yeah, of course. So the trudge to the bathroom test, what on earth is that, right, Sean? So for the first 10 years, I left Penguin after three years or so, and I didn't get very far in the corporate world. I didn't want to get very far in it. It was not for me. And I went out on my own to do freelance editing and eventually ghostwriting and stuff like that. And for 10 years, I was a struggling freelancer where I thought my work was just in creating books and whatnot. And every once in a while, I helped someone with like a public speaking gig or maybe some other things as well. And it came more about writing and content in a general sense. But the few people I was helping with public speaking were having these truly transformational experiences. I just gave them a few hours of consultation and they just had this trajectory altering experience speaking publicly. And so finally in 2017, I had the aha moment that there were a lot of people out there who were just dreading an upcoming speaking gig. And they were just really anxious about what am I going to say in front of 300 people or I have this big fancy conference and I could get thousands and thousands of dollars in sales if it goes well. But if it doesn't, I'll not only look like a fool, but I won't get anything for all that time and money I've invested in being in that other city or in that place or whatever it is, right? And so I created a Facebook ad to automated webinar funnel. And I'd been taught about this back in 2015. And I tried other topics and offers with that model, but it had never taken off. But then finally in 2017, I tried it out and I didn't even have to optimize the funnel, Sean. I think I might've tweaked one thing in the webinar at the end, but basically I started generating leads like crazy. I had been driving for Lyft as of August of 2017. And as, as of October of 2017, I had my first five-figure month. And I had consistent five-figure months from then on. And I, unless I wasn't doing any work, I've never not had one since. And so this was a really big deal. And it was the birth of what we can call the trudge to the bathroom test. In that what I came to understand, and granted, I learned some aspects of this work from others. I do, like everyone else, I do stand on the shoulders of giants and everything like that. But what I realized was that marketing is made or broken by how well we understand the problems that our target audience cares about solving. The effectiveness of our marketing is defined by how well we understand our audience's pain. And so the trudge to the bathroom test was my way of relating to that idea that when somebody wakes up in the morning and they roll out of bed, they've just hit the snooze button three times and they finally force themselves to get up and they're groggy and they got cobwebs and they're all achy and their joints are cracking and they trudge to the bathroom to wash their face, to do their business and everything else, what are they thinking about? 
what most marketers, when they put their stuff out onto Facebook or wherever it is, they think that people want their solutions, their great program or their cool product. I've seen commercials just in the last couple of months about how people are talking about their awesome product and they keep talking about their awesome product in their Facebook ads and stuff like that. And nobody wakes up in the morning and trudges to the bathroom thinking about, oh, I hope I get a five-step program that is going to completely change everything kind of thing. And they're not like, oh, I hope I really find an awesome new product when I log on to Facebook today. No. Right now, during the COVID pandemic, they're trudging to the bathroom thinking about how their lead generation has gone kaput or that their kids and their spouse are driving them crazy because they're trying to get work done and there's just no structure and they're not allowed to leave. And they're not wearing their masks or they are wearing their mask or whatever it is. And they're thinking about where's the next gig going to come from or what are they going to do now that their whole industry is imploded on itself or whatever. This is the thing they're thinking about first thing in the morning on that slow achy walk to the bathroom. And your effectiveness in your marketing is going to be how well you tap into that ache and it doesn't have to just be the bathroom, obviously. It's like at any point where it's weighing down on a person. It could be when they're going to bed or something like that. What's weighing on them? And if you can speak to that pain, then you will have the kind of marketing as well as to, to the point of this podcast as a whole, the kind of product that people absolutely have to have. That's such a great way to put it. I love the story. It'll never get old. <laughs> and I, I'm going to reiterate part of what you said there because it's, I want to really reinforce it, right? Something you said there, I'm quoting you. Marketing is made or broken by how well we understand the problems experienced by our customers or our audience. That I could have said it better myself. Everything starts with those problems, right? And the trudge to the bathroom test, that trudge is like a keyword. It's such a great, it's a perfect phrase, right? Because it's something that, Everyone has to do, but no one wants to do. And right. as such, if you can stay top of mind in that moment, then you've hit on something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just in the final stages of putting together a product to help people with their Facebook ads. And the headlines I'm recommending in those ads are very simple. Struggling with blah, 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 blah. That's it. I mean, it's not fancy, yet I recently had a client put together an, an ad campaign where instead of spending 80 cents or a dollar or a dollar 50 per click, which often happens with a Facebook campaign, her campaign only cost her seven cents per click in the first couple of days. Wow. Because it was just a really intense problem that her target audience was desperate to solve. That's incredible. There's always, there's always problems out there just waiting to be discovered, right? Right. Um, and if you develop that process for identifying them, like you said, the results is right there. You've shared a few examples. It will materialize. Yeah, it's really you just kind of you start with that problem and everything will roll forward from there. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, so I also would love to hear and something you've language you've you've used previously as well, too, which I also like a lot is finding the problems that people are hungry to solve. Can you yeah. talk a little bit more about what you mean by that? and how you go about finding them because that's the problem is the catalyst right what do we do to go find them and what does it mean a problem that someone's hungry to solve because i think that's a key component to it as well sure and we could actually look at the very first facebook ad 
that I ever clicked on that set me on the path. I mentioned a program in 2015 that I first tried out with building a webinar-based marketing funnel. And the, the geniuses behind that campaign who eventually within a day or two got me to spend quite a lot of money, having never clicked on anything on Facebook before, I went in deep and very happy to say I made very good on that investment many times over, so good news for me. But what most people would think, because let's say these people were about building a funnel, and if we're talking about those who would initially have failed the trudge to the bathroom test in their marketing, what they would ultimately think they need to do is, let's say using that formula, like struggling with blah, 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 with problem, problem they think they would want to put into this formula struggling to build your funnel right and that's not bad and it could even possibly get some people to click on it but that's not what I clicked on when I first found out their ad now this ad wasn't a struggling with problem kind of thing it was I, I believe the headline was how to get three new clients in the next five days I think was the headline and that if we just inverted that, that, that was more aspirational and promising something as opposed to agitating a pain point and both have validity in marketing copy and whatnot. But in this particular case, the okay problem is struggling to build your funnel, but the hungry problem, the thing that people are hungry to solve might be, because that was about attracting clients, it might be, struggling to find clients because a service provider has clients or doesn't have clients and their business is defined by whether or not they have high paying clients so that they can continue to make a living and continue to run their life and the whole thing. So that's the thing that people are hungry to solve is the thing that they believe they need, the, the thing that they are missing, thing that they are truly struggling with in their own mind, in their own language. A lot of people hate funnels. They're like, oh God, I got to build a funnel. They'd rather just get a bunch of word of mouth referrals and just have these easy discovery calls and then just sign all these clients. That would be the easier thing that people just come in whenever, but it's hard to predict that. Some people run their whole business on referrals and they do very well, but that's not everyone. And so they might not want to build a funnel, but they want clients. So that's the difference between a problem that is a problem technically and one that they're really hungry to solve. It's the thing that goes below the surface of your solution that they believe they need to solve themselves. Yeah, I think those are great examples as well too. Just the you know struggling related to funnel versus three clients in five days, right? That, could be uh, interpreted as somewhat related, but one significantly more powerful than the other, right? And it, you know, being a service provider myself, that second one really hits home. Uh, yeah. Because like you said, that is that is the, the big problem, right? You have to continue to grow from wherever you are. And that speaks more directly to me. So yeah, um, yeah and that's like, Oh, pretty much any service provider <laughs> would click on that or needs to solve that problem, no matter how well they have in the past or what they have coming up in the future. That's right. always going to be top of mind. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, really well put. So let's shift gears for a moment and talk more. I know you got some pretty serious marketing chops and we talk a lot about that on this show as well too. 
for those of us out there with product businesses or productized service businesses. We want to share, you know, any traction that we've gained with the world and we need to gain more traction. So talk to us about what strategies uh, you would share, what, um, you know, anything that can be done or should be invested in for those of us looking to build and grow our businesses from the marketing perspective. Um, yeah, really curious to hear your thoughts here. Yeah, and this is particularly significant, Sean, especially when we have an existing product offer that might not necessarily or naturally align with the current landscape post-COVID. And there's still the possibility of developing a new product, but what if there's a way to find a different marketing hook for your existing product offerings so that you could generate some more revenue in the short term while of course you're probably still doing that. That's what I did. I just repositioned my existing products in the weeks following COVID. I mean, I think by the end of the March of, by the end of March, I already had a new Facebook campaign that spoke to the new landscape, which is very early on in the thing. And that generated a bit of revenue as I was coming to terms with a larger shift in my product offerings and whatnot. And so what I recommend doing, and this can happen on several levels, both in terms of defining your marketing hooks and also figuring out what your next product offering is going to be. And it can start with what we call the Twitter test. And the Twitter test is just a very simple and low cost way to determine interest in the marketplace around any given problem. And so what you do is you take your Twitter account and if you don't have a Twitter ads account, you just create one by giving them your credit card information. It's relatively simple to build a Twitter ads account. And you come up with, in the marketing context, you might, actually in either context, Sean, like whether it's marketing or product, the process that I'm about to recommend could basically be the same essential thing, is that you could just do a promoted tweet, a series of maybe a half dozen promoted tweets that find different wording for the problem that you're existing or would be product can potentially solve. And it could be as simple as, you might want to try out different headlines or different tweets and whatnot, but it could be as simple as struggling with blank problem, click here to find out how you could solve it. And then you just have a bit.ly link at the end of it. Or check this out and then have a big bit, like struggling with problem, check this out. And then you just have a bit.ly link. And all you're doing is spending maybe 40, 50, $60 on those tweets and seeing which one has the highest click-through rate. And assuming that your targeting is on point, like you're, you're targeting the right people on Twitter that's aligned with your space, with the kind of problems that you are helping people to solve, you could get some pretty immediate data in a way that will A, define what kind of marketing hook, what kind of headlines, what kind of funnels, what kind of copy and landing pages and all that would really help. And also possibly even what kind of products you could develop that are going to address that problem. If it's the latter, if it's products, you might want to spend a bit more money than $50 and try different audiences and stuff and be a bit more diverse just to really and truly test it. But you're not asking people to weigh in and say, well, what do you think of this product? Do you like it? And they'll say, oh yeah, that sounds great or whatever. It doesn't, I don't feel that that kind of self-inquiry really gives marketers and product developers 
real tangible data, but if they click on something because it honestly arouses their curiosity, that's a behavior that we can quantify and it gives us a thread of hope that if we put something out into the world, there's going to be a response. I love it. I'm geeking out over here. Yeah. Running that Twitter test is so cool. And uh, you said a couple of things about it, right? Data-driven, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, far too often, the early stage product companies that I, I, I get connected with have not done enough to test and vet their ideas. And this, this would bear so much fruit. It's unbelievable relative to some people that have just been out there working on like iterating the idea before they tell anybody out there in the world. It should be the opposite. Like you said, you articulated it well, right? That what do you think of my product idea? That never, that almost never warrants any form of useful feedback. Right. This on the other hand is speaking specifically to the problem and letting random strangers come and give you feedback about it basically. Like if yeah. that, if those tests that you've run and then you've also talked about how you can compare them right? So you can run a few and then see yeah. what data comes back with which one. Now you're armed with all kinds of stuff. You tested messaging, you got a better idea of the problem space, you can sort through any ideas you may have. I think it's awesome, you know, and for a couple of bucks relative to what some people will spend, not just in time, but then also capital, building stuff before they really know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, 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 we have to be clear here, Sean. It's not a foolproof way to quantify a market response, I was going to build another quiz funnel and I put together a Twitter test that was about a quiz, like a, a quiz funnel on elevator pitches. And for, and I have actually have a, a messaging and product mismatch in that I had my existing product and I was seeing if that would work for an elevator pitch type of thing. I got super, super high click-through rates on my Twitter test in that regard, because there were a lot of people like, what's your number one elevator pitch killer? And a lot of people clicked on it. It wasn't as compelling as my previous quiz funnel, but that was partly because I just didn't have a product offering that matched that particular messaging. So there is more to be done on my, on my end in that particular thing. And once I'm done with my existing, the products I'm just finishing up right now, as of this recording, I will then move on to that next product offering around helping early stage startups to develop their pitch, both their elevator pitch, as well as a longer form two minute or 10 minute pitch. And that's all something that I can help them with, but I need a better product offering to match that. But what the Twitter test did do is it showed me there was a tremendous amount of curiosity about solving that elevator pitch problem. At the very least, it might not be a product unto itself, but it's at least a marketing hook and then developing maybe the pitches so that people, so that early stage startups can get money, funding oh, yeah. what they want. And then I'll just base my marketing communication and product offering around how to get more funding. That's excellent. Yeah, I love it. And great clarification there as well too. Maybe perhaps helping you figure out where to get started, but that alignment obviously still being critical to complete you know, the, the entire phase in the process. Right. Um, Awesome. Neil, it's been a fantastic time spent. I can't thank you enough for being here to share your knowledge and experience with myself and our audience. I have two questions for you before I let you go. Sure. And the first is, what resources, if any, would you share with myself and the audience related to any of the stuff you may be working on or any anywhere else anybody can go to learn more from any of your favorite resources? Yeah, well, I appreciate the question. My website is neilcanhelp.com where you can learn more about me in general. 
And one of the products I've just finished is a product that you can magically transfer, transform your webinars using a certain technique that I actually incorporated into my conversation with you today, Sean. It's what I call a silver bullet, where you distill everything down to one sentence, which I did with that. You quoted me on the made or broken thing about marketing, which was a silver bullet. You quoted it back to me, which is living proof of its power. But when you have those kind of distilled ideas in your webinar, people have aha light bulb moments that creates a lot of trust and therefore people convert at the end of the webinar. So you can find that product specifically at neilcanhelp.com forward slash magic wand. That's the name of the product, magic wand. You just wave a magic wand over your webinars and they become much more higher converting. And yeah, I mean, I got lots of other stuff as well, but that'll get you started at the very least. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing. And clearly it works. Yeah. <laughs> so we got some proof here in this uh, specific episode. So that's awesome. Yep. Uh, really looking forward to diving more into that. And last question I have for you is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? I would say that the best people to reach out to me are entrepreneurs, product developers in the spirit of this particular podcast who are Especially the people, okay, so here are the people who are best served by my expertise are those who have the kind of solution that the marketplace doesn't know it needs. And it's solving a problem that the audience doesn't know they have. And my process very elegantly helps people to go from where your ideal customer is to where you want them to be in buying your particular products. So obviously there are marketing insights that I could provide to you in a lot of different contexts, but the specific demographic that most benefits from my insights are those who have the kind of solutions that the marketplace doesn't know it needs. And we could find some very efficient marketing and other kinds of communication to get the ideal buyers to that point. I love that, that ask it is so great. Part of the, the challenge from time to time is figuring out, you know, who you, need to get connected to. And I think that really hits the nail on the head very well. I know a lot of people that would respond very much so to that because they've been there. So for sure. And what would be, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Oh yes. Reach out. You could just write me at Neil, N-E-I-L at neilcanhelp.com. And I answer my own email and the whole thing. So if you reach out then I will be the one who responds to you. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Neil. I really appreciate you being here and sharing your knowledge and ex expertise with myself and our audience. All right. Thank you very much, Sean. I very much appreciated your questions. You're very welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Product Launch Podcast powered by Next Step. If you or anyone you know is involved in scaling a B2B SaaS business, please have them reach out to me about becoming a potential guest on our show. They can email me at sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at N-X-T-S-T-E-P dot I-O. At this time, we'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, Next Step Consulting. Would you like to know what the right next steps are for your B2B SaaS business? Are you trying to grow and scale, but you're stuck? We can help. To find out how Next Step can help your B2B SaaS business achieve its goals, please email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at N-X-T-S-T-E-P dot I-O. Thanks, and keep disrupting. Hey folks, Sean here, and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. 
If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.